Ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, welcome to a Play on Nerds episode 82. This week we're talking all about Game of Thrones season 7 and beyond. Uh, I'm joined, uh, first of all, I'm Jarman, if you didn't already know that. And I'm second of all, I'm Steve, if you didn't already know that. Yeah, how about that? I'm the other guy. We're both the other guy. We're so excited. Yeah, we're true. We're both the other guy. <laughs> German's not wrong. But we will be talking about Game of Thrones later, but we got lots to talk about before that. So what the hell have you been up to, Steve? So uh, really, more than anything, uh, we, we've got Joyce's birthday coming up. How old is she going to be? One year old. <laughs> so, September 10th. We're almost there, just a few days away. Uh, and originally, we were going to go up and do something with Anna's family, but that was when we thought my parents weren't going to come in. My parents are now going to come in sometime in October, so we're going to hold off and do a family thing then. Very nice. So then for this one, instead, we're going to do what most honorable adults do, which is go to the same place I went to for my birthday, invite pretty much all our friends, and then just have beer garitas and celebrate <laughs> Joyce's birthday. Because your baby's not going to know the difference. Well, no, not only that, but honestly, my work friends are the people that have babysat for us and have had the most time exposed to her. So they're the people I would invite anyway. That makes sense. Like, honestly, you know, Hallie and her husband, Jim, she's about to have a kid and and, and she's watched Joyce more than anyone else. And my buddy Jason from work, who I work with every day, he's watched Joyce a few times. So, you know, they already pretend to like your baby. So that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's good. And Hallie gets good practice. That's true. That's true. I should babysit to practice, but no one would let me. So, see, that's what I thought too. But it's really a lot of common sense kind of stuff. Exactly. It so really don't let it is. Die. Just don't. That's what your job. You just don't <laughs> let it die. It shouldn't be that hard, right? It can be sad a little bit, and it can be angry, but you just can't let it die. And then your job is complete. Um, and then the other only other thing going on is this holiday weekend. I've got three day weekends. Today is Monday. I've got it off. And um, the only problem is, is that California experienced record heat. Oof. For this time of year that has never been seen before. Uh, and it just killed the whole weekend. Couldn't do just anything trapped outside. inside. Saturday, it got up to 109. Jeez, that's worse than Florida. Hundred, I know. So I know global warming, temperature, climate change, sea level, whatever. Whatever the hell you call it, it's happening. Uh, because I've lived everywhere. I've lived across the whole U.S. And been a ton of places across the U.S., and I have never experienced a day hotter than I did Saturday. Anywhere. Anywhere I've lived. Nuts. The South, anywhere. Like and that. I think day. for our European listeners, that's a, a billion degrees Celsius. <laughs> yeah, just a billion and a half. <laughs> nah, Celsius is less impressive. It's probably oh, like twenty it's it's like twenty two. Oh god, it's twenty two. That's why we like we like our big American numbers. It's scarier. <laughs> Hundred and nine. They're like, oh, it's thirty two C out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I hope one of our British listeners yells at us. Well, no, uh, because Paul Wright of the, you know, 10 forward and sci-fi waffle fame. Yeah. I, when, I, when I saw him here, he was saying they use Fahrenheit over there in England, at least. Huh. And, and they use miles. They don't use kilometers. 
What the hell? I was like, I didn't know that. I'm going to the north of Europe. They're metric. Kilometers. Yeah, he says everything else is metric, but they they kept miles. And I think he was saying they kept Fahrenheit. Weird. That's really Maybe strange. I know the miles is true, but I might be lying about that. That just makes me thing. sad. <laughs> Why would you keep something shitty in American? I know. Oh, well. Oh, Nobody's well. perfect. Uh, but yeah, so the hottest day I've ever experienced, we literally spent the whole day camped in front of uh, our our AC unit. Uh, our apartment capped out at 89 degrees. Jeez. And it was 89 terrible. degrees from 3 p.m. until 9 p.m. Because you only have a window air conditioner? Yeah, we have like a floor unit. That's what we're allowed to have. And it's a good, here's the thing. We just got a great floor unit, like a top of the line 14,000 BTU unit, and it didn't do shit. <laughs> That's pretty terrible. <laughs> didn't do a thing. Uh, so we just camped, like we literally had Joyce in her chair in front of it, and then Anna would go over every minute or so, and we have a swear that she'd just spritz her. <laughs> and Joyce would go, ah, ah, and just sit in the air, like let it dry. And a few minutes go by, I'd start getting angry again and go over and spritz her. <laughs> You're keeping her alive. That's what, that's all you have to do is keep her alive. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds terrible. Are you guys on an upper floor or a lower floor? We are on an upper floor. I guess it's the whole heat rises thing, right? Not re- not necessarily. For us, it's really when wind, the wind doesn't come in. San Jose, we do get a lot of beautiful air in off the ocean. Like we really do, even though we're pretty far inland. Uh, but if that breeze dies, the whole, we're basically in a bowl. We got mountains on all sides and the heat just settles. Ugh. If there's no air to take it out. And we just had some crazy sun and some crazy heat mixed with a few just windless, no air days. And it just made for a miserable weekend. Well, there's a lot of crazy weather going around the United States right now because we just Holy got crap. Hurricane Harvey ravishing, uh, ravishing, ravishing, uh, <laughs> ravishing <laughs> Texas. It wasn't ravishing while it was. No, doing. it was not ravishing. It was terrible. But uh, and a hurricane's coming here in Florida where I am in like the next day or so. So uh, it's crazy stuff going on. It's like climate yeah. change or something. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like planet Earth is uh, trying to tell us to get the fuck off. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I went on a strange adventure on the past week. Uh, my sister uh, just moved from Orlando to Denver, Colorado, and she has two cats. So she offered to pay for me for a ticket to fly to Denver with her in order to t- help her take her two cats to Denver. That, that's the easier way to do it. She wasn't wrong. Well, I almost disagree. I think she because I drove driven my cat from Atlanta to uh Orlando, which is a six and a half hour drive. Right. And after the first 20 minutes, he just fell asleep and just was scared and he didn't say anything. Um, Agreed that they had to go longer. They drove cross country with their furniture. So it was a lot longer drive to have cats. But we gave the cats two Xanax. This is given just by the vet. This is not just us giving. Yeah, them yeah. No, no, no. The vets, if you go in and tell them what's going to go on, they'll, they'll give it to you. Yeah, exactly. And you actually go to the regular pharmacy to get it, which I thought was so funny. Like you go to a human pharmacy to get cat Xanax because it's the same thing, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But we gave them two and it didn't work. They weren't calming down. So at the airport, we gave them a little extra (laughs) and they did not come down. So all four hours of the flight, they were yelling and meowing and screaming the entire time. It was miserable. And everyone around us probably hated us. So I you were those people. But like it, it might be much better to put them in the car because at least then you're only making yourself suffer and you can deal with it. But that's it was, true. It was, it was terrible. So I couldn't sleep at all. Um, they stopped meowing for 20 minutes and both my sister and I immediately passed out for 20 minutes. And then they started meowing again and, woke, and we woke up. Uh, so we got them the, to Denver and then we had to take a tram 20, like 30 minutes out of the airport. Uh-huh. 
they were meowing the entire tram ride. It was terrible. Uh, so we got to her, her new house and they finally calmed down. And uh, the next morning we I flew out of there again. So it's real quick back and forth trip for me. Wow, uh, crazy. But yeah, but they're happy now in their new home. <laughs> so that was my adventure with my Denver cat adventure. But Denver's yeah. beautiful this time of year. It's oh, I'm sure it is. Dry and about 80 degrees. And it's just summer like in the Rockies. Wonderful. Yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. So I wish I could have stayed longer. Great food. Good beer. Oh, yeah. Nice there. All right. Well, I think that moves us on to some nerd news. Nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. So in my search for some nerdy news this week, I found something I continually find interesting, but I think we're getting desensitized to, which is Mm -hmm. uh, finding strange radio bursts in space. Um, Yeah, no one one cares anymore. We've done it now. Yeah, because they've discovered them over and over again. SETI's been looking for it for like, what, 40 years now or something? Yeah, and every time it ends up being nothing. Or just inconclusive. They can't, they can postulate about what it might be, but they have no idea. Um, That's usually what the answer ends up being. Like, there's several possibilities. We don't know which one it is because it's a billion miles away. Um, So they have found these, these had these fast radio bursts they've been monitoring from one particular segment of the universe, and they just got really active suddenly, just recently. I just I think they're a possibility to be something, but they can't know until the technology gets better. And that's the cool thing is I was thinking about exoplanets. We discovered our first exoplanet apparently in 1991, like a planet that could possibly have Earth or life. Um, And now we have thousands upon thousands that we've discovered just within 20 years. So, I mean, who knows in like 30 years, maybe we can decipher what these radio bursts are. Maybe they are from intelligent life. And we just don't know. But it's happening all the time. And we have the ability to monitor it now. And I'm excited about it because ghosts are real yeah especially spaced space and alien ghosts (laughs) that's what i hope i hope that all ghosts are alien ghosts that'd be great because there's billions of them out there but i I hope that we'll eventually figure these things out and i gave no details about where these people found this or it's called the radio source is named frb121102 that's why i don't bother the details but it's just we'll call it furby Furby. Furby 1-2. Furby 2. Furby (laughs) 2. So that's my nerdy news of the week. Something I'm excited about, but people are getting more and more bored with. So my my nerdy news, uh, clever name as always, is called ALF Cancelled for the Second Time. (laughs) And what this is in reference to is uh, a guy named ALF Klassen, who has been scoring The Simpsons for the last 27 years. Uh, They have not renewed his contract. Wow. And he, he's the most Emmy-nominated uh, person in history. He's only won twice, but he's been nominated 30 times. Uh, he's done 560 episodes of The Simpsons, including really what I'll call their glory days. Like the early days? Yeah, like the good days. <laughs> um, and uh, what, what I found out is that Matt Groening, one of his original agreements with Fox, was that uh, the show would be scored by an actual orchestra and an actual composer. Uh, and so they have had this full like 28 piece orchestra doing the Simpsons for the last 27 years. The budget runs into the millions to do this, to hire all the musicians and wow. to employ this guy. And I think someone finally just said, you know what? We could pay one virgin in a dark room to put all this together for us. You know? <laughs> That's true. Especially when the show is losing popularity. That's true. And it's, uh, they say part of a, a series of cost saving initiatives across the Simpsons. Because they're probably paying the actors so much now. Yeah, true. And there's been some drama with some of the actors, Harry Shearer and one or two of the others. 
Yeah, they've been threatening to drop or cancel or leave. So Yeah, and there are more important characters they really can't afford to leave, so I think it's probably the more minor people. Right. Like Dave Castellaneta, who does 70% of the voices, uh, he kind of got him by the balls. <laughs> they need him. Uh, a little bit he does. <laughs> okay, so. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, so that's going to lead me into our, our first segment, which is a little bit of Simpsons trivia. Oh, boy, I'm going to fail this miserably. <laughs> I tried to, once again, I tried to pick fair questions, I thought. I think I do a fairly good job at that. But it's because I was going to try to do dragon trivia for Game of Thrones, and it's really, really a crapshoot. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I, gave, I gave up and decided to relate it to the new story. Well, it's funny. There's several blind spots and nerdy stuff that I just have. Like, you know, one was Muppets and other thing is Simpsons and Pokemon. These are things I know nothing about that. Like, some people are like, really? You yeah, true. Know? I was into Pokemon. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just lost this stuff in my childhood somehow. But here, let's, let's give it a shot. All right. So I've got seven questions for you. Are you ready to play? As ready as I'll ever be. All right. Almost all Simpsons characters are featured with only four fingers. Who is the one exception to this rule and has five? Huh. I'm just going to throw a guess out there and say uh-huh. Troy McClure. No, it's God. Anytime they, they feature God, God has five fingers. The creator That's has five fingers. So weird. <laughs> I think it's just super appropriate. I guess so. But he didn't make them in his image, apparently. Close enough. <laughs> he screwed up a little bit. Uh, okay. What character was originally planned to be the secret identity of Homer Simpson? Huh. Krusty the Clown? It is. It's Krusty the Clown. They do look very similar. Yeah, because the first season is sort of all about Bart respecting Krusty the Clown and hating Homer. And that was going to be the big reveal they worked towards. But then they decided that they had to use Krusty the Clown's popularity as a character more. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Did not know that. Damn. Uh, All right. Now, a staple of the show, the opening couch gag was originally used by producers to do what? Um, Make sure that their animators were earning their paychecks. Nope. (laughs) Uh, It was to lengthen or shorten the show based on how much time they needed to fill. Oh, that's perfect. What a smart idea. Yeah. What Homer Simpson-ism was added to the Oxford English Dictionary? Dough! Yep, dough it is. (laughs) So funny. If you watched every episode of The Simpsons back-to-back, would it take about 8.5 days? 10.5 10.5 days or 13.5 days? I'm going to go with 13.5 days. I'm sorry, it is 8.5 days. Wow. That's not that bad. That's still pretty intense, though. <laughs> I've right. watched all of Star Trek. I can do that. It'll be fine. Name one of the two characters named after Matt Groening's mother. I'll give you a bonus point if you get both. Uh, Marge? That's correct. Art Simpson. And uh, the, the the aunt. I can't remember her name. Patty or Selma, you were thinking? Probably. Best or wrong. No. You, you did get one. You get one point for that, though. Uh, his mother's name was Marge Wiggum. Police uh. Chief Wiggum or Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> the berries taste like burning. <laughs> All right. Outside of the main four family members, which secondary character has the most dialogue in the show? Uh, probably the neighbor. Ned, Ned Flanders. Not a bad guess. Oh. It is Mr. Burns. 
Ah, that makes he, sense. He too. ends up being the villain on a ton of episodes, so he's in a bunch. That makes sense. All right, you ended up walking away with one, two, three, three out of seven. Hey, hey not too bad. Great. And while uh, looking up this trivia, I found a Trek connection that I want to share with you as mm-hmm. the Trek guy. Uh, so Kang and Kodos are the two aliens that are featured over and over again throughout the show. And they are named after characters from the original series, uh, Star Trek. Right. And Kang actually came back in the uh, next generation or maybe Deep Space Nine. I can't remember which one it was as a modern Klingon too. same character, yeah. same actor yeah. too. Yeah, he's a Klingon warrior. And then Kodos is a, some sort of mass murderer was the only detail I could gain. Yeah, I don't remember Kodos, but. Kang's yeah, who one. knows? Maybe he's just mentioned. Who knows? But <laughs> Kang and Kodos. Does that take us into our main segment of Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones Season 7. All right, so let, we, we didn't talk about this beforehand. How do you want to do spoilers? Uh, this is all spoilers. Okay, that's legit. I just want to make sure we're trying to cover ass. So, audience, spoilers for the entire season seven Game of Thrones. Yes, if you have not watched up to this point, or if you care to watch, you should uh not listen to this segment. Skip ahead. Skip ahead. We're not. We're not kidding you. We're gonna ruin everything. I mean, we, everything. We have to with this. We discussion. have to. So please skip ahead. We're sorry you missed this one, but watch the show and then listen. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoilers! <laughs> Your wife will be so happy. She is so mad all the time about that. <laughs> so, this season, very short, seven episodes. Yeah. Uh, they're really skimping on it here. I guess it's like the budget's just way too much. And, well, here's the thing. They could have cut it up a little bit more, but some of the episodes are as short as, like, I feel like 48 minutes, 49 minutes, and some of them are an hour and 10, hour and 15. Yeah, just random. It's so like it just, they want to stick in there. Right, so it just it felt sort of lopsided in that respect. Right. A few episodes had a ton of content, and some episodes feel like they had none. And I also, maybe there's like a little, I mean, definitely trying to wrap everything up quickly. Yeah, true. Um, but they also don't have, they all they have now are bullet points from George R. R. Martin at this point for what's happening, because they don't have a book for this material. It's just all new. Yeah. Um, did you read the books? I can't remember. I did. Oh, so you've read all of them so far. Yeah, I have, but there were way past the books now, so it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> Nothing makes any sense. I can speculate all I want, but that's all it is now. Well, we open up with Dragonstone, uh, which IMDb quickly says, John organizes the North's offenses. Cersei tries to even the odds. Daenerys comes home. Arya reminds the phrase the North rem- remembers, and Sam adapts to life in Old Town, and the Night King makes his way south. A lot of shit happened this episode. Yeah. Uh, I think it's so pretty we, long, too. We get to start out by watching this awesome scene where Arya murders all the phrase mm-hmm. just all of them the north remembers winter has come Arya poisons every fray that in her in her words is worth a damn <laughs> the whole house is wiped out and it definitely shows you that no one does not drink in that day there's not like one guy's like oh i'm sorry i'm on the wagon you know like it's like, yeah true because <laughs> everyone drank and they all died i also and, that's the thing that people keep asking about it's like she puts on his face because she killed him in the end of last season yeah she did 
but how is her body suddenly look like him entirely too? They there so there is sort of an element to, of magic to it almost in the book. Like they're real. They say something like that in the book that there's magic in it. So in the book, it's not just a mask. It like envelops their face, and they can feel it attaching. And it's like a much more in depth thing than just a mask, right? Because that wouldn't work. Just in their voice, she gets their voice and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's, that, in the book, it's a little bit more descriptive, not really. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, kind of. Uh, and then also, you we then check in. So this whole first episode was like something they don't typically do at the beginning of most seasons, which is we're going to check in with everyone. Right. There have been plenty of first episodes where they leave out major characters and major plot lines, and they just don't show you anything. This was not that episode. They saw everybody. No story goes untouched. Uh, you got the, the Hound now hanging out with the Brotherhoods Without Banners or what's left of it. Um, they're, they're staying in this house that from season two, he stole money from, and then they ended up dying and it's real sad. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's real it's, sad. And he's, he's gone on a journey now, so he's changed and he actually cares that they died. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile in, uh, Winterfell, Bran or somebody, maybe not in Winterfell somewhere, Bran, uh, sees through his visions that white walkers are coming and we get to see some really cool stuff, including like ice bears. And some giant white walkers. Undead giants, yep. Undead giants, all sorts of cool stuff we, that you hear about in the books, but they hadn't mentioned in the show up till now, really. Yeah. So then we're back at Winterfell. John is the king. Everything's kind of a little uncomfortable, really. He's sort of getting used to it. Right, because he's the reluctant leader. He doesn't really want to be king. But yeah. He knows so he has to. He ends up giving an un-sort of familiar pardon to these the the two lords that betrayed the house and then they reveal that the two lords are now just children yeah which i thought was like a really funny sweet re- reveal i thought it was a really nice moment they put together and just like i that great dynamic there the whole conversation where she's like we should take their castles away they're traitors she's like these children aren't traitors it's not their fault their fathers made of a, a few decision. older men well that's the thing i just like that they did that but you didn't know they were kids at that point because even right. the audience you were imagining men and like, will you step forward, please? And they step forward, and there's little kids. Yeah, yeah, I just thought that was really nice. It, it was is. a really nice moment. Well, we have uh, Cersei being talked to by the uh, Hot Topic pirate. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Euron <laughs> Greyjoy shows up, <laughs> wants, to, wants to marry a queen and bed a queen. Uh, Cersei says, absolutely not. And Euron says, all right, I'm going to bring you a gift to show you how sincere I am, and sets out. Mm-hmm. With his giant fleet. Uh, then in Old Town, uh, which is where the, the Citadel, I think it's called, is, which is where all the Meisters train and all the knowledge in the world is kept. We get ch- checking on Samwell with this, what I thought was a really kind of funny, almost music video-y montage of him cleaning bedpans and serving soup and oh, putting books away. It was just, there were actually a few things in this episode that felt that way, and it was not something they've done before. I didn't dislike it. It was just not something they had really done on the show before. Yeah, it was very like Edgar Wright feeling, like one of those movies, like uh, just the montage and that kind of thing. And there's a few things in the next episode we'll talk about that felt that kind of way, too. But basically, Samwell's life is shit at the Tower because they're not really giving you any responsibility yet. Yeah, because he's just a trainee. But then he runs into Jorah Mormont, who's there because he is now covered in stone scale. Or grayscale? Grayscale, whatever. Doesn't matter. The stone disease. Stone men. Stone men yes. disease. Sure. <laughs> uh, and so we get to know where Jorah is. Uh, then they cut back to Dragonstone, where uh, all of Danny's ships have arrived, and all of her advisors are there, the the Greyjoys that are on her side, uh, the people from Dorne, uh, Lady Tyrell, everyone shows up to start talking about the invasion of Westeros. Shit's going on here. Shit's happening. Shit is going down. 
But you're almost forgetting the most important part of this whole episode. What I miss? Arya meets Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> and a chain and a keep are nothing compared to a woman's kiss. For hands of gold are always cold, but a woman's hands are warm. For hands of gold are always cold, but a woman's hands are warm. That was an, an okay scene. I didn't mind it. I didn't care because I barely know Ed Sheeran. I know he's huge in England and he's got his set of fans here as well. But I mean, I don't listen yeah. to any modern music anyway. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care know him who he anybody. was. I liked the scene. It was a pretty Aria, song. And I don't care about the song. Fuck that. The song uh, Aria, the book. Aria up to this point has really only has this opinion of like all Lannisters are terrible, evil people. Mm-hmm. All of them. I'm going to kill all of them. Uh, and then for her to like meet this group and have like a real nice interaction, yeah, and realize they're just people. they're just all kids and people missing their families and people that want to be home for the harvest and singing songs and singing songs. I just thought that was a nice scene to to, to sort of show her that, right? And they didn't dwell on Ed Sheeran too long or make it awkward and uncomfortable. So I think it's fine. In thirty yeah. years, when everyone forgets who he is, we can still watch this episode and no one will blink twice at it. So now now we're on to second episode. I think so. Which is called Stormborn. Stormborn. Uh, so it sure. starts out with uh, <laughs> with Danny in her council chamber. Uh, she has a little altercation with Varys, the spider, uh, who has now served like three kings, and she just wants to know why why she should trust him. Yeah, that's true. And I think at the end they come to a uncomfortable but okay place. Yeah, because he basically is saying like, uh, you know, I've done everything I've done to try to strive for a better Westeros where people, the people in power aren't abusing those who don't have it. You know, I think she respects that and she believes him. Yeah. I don't know and, yet if we should believe him, but I, it seems believable. I don't know. I liked the, her, her take of, if you feel I'm doing these things, promise me instead of betraying me, you will tell me. <laughs> yes. Instead of killing me, just let and, me know. And arranging my death. <laughs> Why don't we just have a combo? Get some coffee. <laughs> oh, you're right. I could do that first. Um, so then the, she meets with the whole war council, the Greyjoys, the Dornish, Lady Tyrell. Uh, half All of them ladies. Are, half of them. I love that. I love that yeah. dynamic when you look around the room and the only real men in the room are like advisors. Exactly. The women of power are all there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, half of them want to do this crazy, just full scale invasion. Uh, Tyrion is cautioning her that she doesn't want to destroy the realm. She wants to liberate it. Right. And she won't do that. if She has to kill everybody in the way. They tell her this like four times throughout the season, like, you don't want to be like every other leader, right? You're not going to go in there and kill everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get a weird eunuch sex scene. Yeah. Grey Worm he... and Missande. So they say dickless later on. So they don't even, he doesn't even have a dick. Like, I thought maybe his balls were cut off. That's what most eunuchs are. They just cut Well, their in the off. book, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. In but this, they... they're implying that they have no junk. So he was just basically like scissoring her in a way. Well, he goes down on her. Oh, yeah. I mean, he can do that. That's true. But the point of having a eunuch around is that they're not, they're, they don't have any interest in women or sexual things. So I guess they're implying it's just such strong love that he can do that because he loves her so much. But he right, has right. no sexual feelings and that, that, that I think was the whole point of the, like, you're my weakness speech. I think it was to clarify that. Right. But it was like people thought it was strange because it's such a we haven't had sexy in a long time in Game of Thrones, a proper one. And this one was so long and like, yeah, so it's like, we, do we really care about these characters that much? I mean, I don't, don't really uh, care. So now we cut back to Old Town where Sam is working with this older Archmeister, like Meister in charge. 
and uh, he basically approaches him about trying to cure Jorah Mormont's grayscale. Mm-hmm. And he's and like, he found it. He it found a work. treatment because the guy who found it and discovered it also died from grayscale. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I thought that was nice. Well, I did want to mention the other big point of contention among fans was uh, at uh, what do you call it? Where Cersei is the the uh, where does she live? The uh, the capital. Yeah, but what's it called? The Red Keep. Uh, right, but they have another name for it. Anyways, but Cersei back King, there. King's Landing. King's Landing. Thank you. <laughs> She's there with her advisor, the creepy guy. What's his name? I can't remember. Oh, uh, I don't know. Creepy guy. You're not Meister, wrong. Oh, Anton Lester. No, Kyburn. 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 So he's like, oh, we found something to take out the dragons. And she shows her it's just a big. Oh, it's right. Big catapult. That's <laughs> or big. It's like, a ballista. It's a, a huge big, ballista. It's a ballista. It's like, oh, that's your big secret. Like, that's how you're going to take them out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which we find nope. out later does not really work that well. Now, mind you, I do like that we got to see. Uh, anytime we get to see the big, big dragon skull of Balerion the Dread, I love it. Oh, yeah. It's really because cool. it shows you how small the current dragons are. Well, what's his face? Drogon is almost that size now. No. So if you look, uh, the, so the the big one, the big one from, of tail could fit an entire carriage in its mouth. Jeez. Drogon, I don't think can do that. I think not, he's still about half that. Not quite yet. I think, yeah, I think he's, I think he could grow to be twice the size he is right now. Honestly. <laughs> oh, we have a big scene from Arya who's still traveling through the forest uh, looking for you know, trying to find her way to uh, Winterfell. And yeah. she sees uh, her old Nymeria. Pal, Nymeria. She gets surrounded by a pack. Nymeria shows up. They kind of confirm it's her, but Nymeria has her own life now, and she's got a jet. Yeah, and she's like, you want to come with me back to the thing? And she's like, that's not who I am. You know, basically, it's it's that same moment that she had where it's like, yeah. someday you'll be in dresses I, and you'll I, be a lady of the court. I don't think we have seen the last of Nymeria. Probably I think she's not. going to save... Arya at an opportune time. Her pack is going to come and tear apart a whole group of guys at some point. Bunch of White Walkers or something. Maybe. That'd be badass. So they summon Jon Snow to come down and meet the queen. He is debating it because every time one of them goes south, they end up dying, basically. Right. Uh, but he needs Dragon Glass, which he now knows, confirmed is on Dragonstone. And that's where, where Daenerys is. That's where Daenerys is. So he's got to get there. Uh, meanwhile, Hot Pie. Oh, so this is uh, Hot Pie runs into Arya Stark. Oh yeah, Hot Pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah the fat kid. And this is one of those t- <laughs> the, one of those other weird moments. So they show um, Samwell treating Jorah Mormont's grayscale. Mm. It's like this really gross close up scene where he's cutting away the skin and stuff. And then there's this moment where it's a close up, and then it's her breaking through the top of a pie. Yeah, it's really gross. But it's really gross. And it was another one of those moments that just felt really uncharacteristic and not something they had really done before. Yeah, any kind of camera tricks or something like that. Everything's been very straightforward as far as cinematography in the show. Very pretty. But then this has been very comical and very different. I liked it. Breaks yeah. it up a little bit. Uh, so in the meantime, Cersei meets with the little bit that remains of her uh, her entourage and her trusted people and her lords that are still loyal to her. Oh, this is where she's saying, like... Uh, Making her battle plan and saying, who will follow me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She makes that speech to all the remaining lords, including the Tarleys. Uh, and then at the end of this episode was like the first kind of big, big battle of the season. And that was the uh, the Greyjoy attack on the Greyjoys. 
yeah, the big fiery ship battle, which was awesome. But it came out of nowhere. Right yeah. before that happened, though, is one of my favorite scenes is Ooh. where the, the Sand Snake lady starts to make out with uh, Theon Greyjoy's sister. <laughs> oh, that was good, Yara. Yeah. And they get interrupted. I'm like, damn it. I wish I could have watched that whole scene. That whole scene. <laughs> so, yeah, they attack the boat. It's a great. I love that action sequence. That was awesome. Like, just well shot, fiery craziness. The uh, Euron Hot Topic pirate guy is just batshit crazy. Yeah, and so Yara, Yara gets captured. Theon, who you think was finally back, wusses out. Doesn't save his sister. Doesn't end up saving his sister uh, and jumps overboard and mm-hmm. watches them sail away, and that's it. Come sail away. Come sail away. Come sail away with me. Oh, there was one other great scene in Winterfell, which I'm seeing in the pictures here, reminded me of it, um, with uh, Littlefinger. And uh, Jon Snow in the the crypts below, like Winterfell, uh huh, and just like he's like being all weird and like um, saying, "I'm sorry for your losses, and I love your sister, and I love your mother." And he like he just Jon Snow just had enough of his sniveling shit and just shoves him against the walls. Have you ever touched my sister or something like that? I, just, I love that yeah, scene. Yeah. It's like because no one really stands up to Littlefinger, and finally he just like shoves him against a wall, and it's like, yeah, not- well, yeah. The one thing we did mention is interspersed through all this is Littlefinger just sucking up to everybody and trying to scheme something. He's trying to figure something out to get his way to power. Yeah. Um, so the third episode starts with John and Sir Davos landing on on Dragonstone to come meet the queen, the queen's justice. Uh, and um, she wants them to bend the knee. They don't want to do that. They just want Dragonstone and he's the king in the north and they have different ideals. And this whole episode is just about them clashing. Right. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm starting to like figure out they like each other and that kind of thing and seeing what kind of leaders they are. I think they're both showing each other that they're they do have good intentions. That what makes them attracted to each other. Yeah. Uh, we get a check in that just lets us know Theon's alive. Yeah. They like the, the hell other, with that guy. The other Greyjoys find him and they're like, you're a piece of shit. And he's like, I know. Uh, and <laughs> meanwhile, in the other half of the equation, Euron shows up back in King's Landing with his prisoners, which is Yara, his niece, and uh, two of the Sand Snakes. Right. The Sand Snake and her daughter or whatever, that whatever the hell they are, um, which Cersei obviously has terrible plans for. Just terrible plans. Like, I knew the moment they were captured, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Well, that's the end of this episode where she takes oh, them yeah. into the crypts or in the uh, prison and she just ties them far enough apart where they can't touch each other and gives her daughter poison so she can watch her daughter die in front of her, which is just yep. pretty uh, after, good. After that, you got more Littlefinger shenanigans trying to get close to Sansa uh, while her brother's away. We get a check in with Bran, who's basically blows off Mira Reed after like seven seasons, six yeah. seasons. And it's like, hey, I'm not really Bran anymore. I'm Three Eyed Raven. Therefore, so, I can't have any sympathy whatsoever. Like, I'm not a dude anymore. I'm a thing. <laughs> Everyone hates Bran. Uh, so, in Old Town, we check in. Ends up Sam was right. Jor Mormont is cured of Painfully grayscale. Painfully so. Painfully so cured of grayscale. Gets released. Uh, and promises to go back and, and find his queen the way he, he vowed. Uh, meanwhile, Casterly the Rock is under invasion. They sneak in. They get over the fortifications. They get there, and nobody is there. Like a very bare minimum force. The Lannisters trick them, left a bare bones force, and then took their real army and went and took Highgarden while the forces were deployed. With a fantastic scene, Lady Tyrell and Jamie Lannister. And a great sign-off for Diana Rigg. Just oh, a great yeah. sign-off. Uh, where she and by the revealed, way, if you haven't seen yeah. her in the Avengers back in the 60s, she was a hot number. Or in the Great Muppet Caper. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and so Jamie basically gives her poison. She drinks it. And then the last moment reveals that she is the one that killed her, hit, uh, who poisoned their shitty son. Joffrey. And that she wants Cersei to know that she's the one that did it. I well, thought that was a great little, oh, yeah. Right before she dies. Mm-hmm. Such a badass. Oh, and that's, I think at the end of this episode is when you do realize once they took, um, what's the Lancer's area called? You said it was called? Um, that they took Lannisport. over? Was it? Lannisport. Lannisport, that's what it's called? Yeah, Lannister's Lannisport. Okay, well, they took the Lannister's, like, castle, whatever, and then they, um, they, on, they attacked their ships right then. Oh, no, Casterly Rock in, I don't know. Castle Rock. That's what it's called. There is yeah. Lannisport, and that's another one of their big cities. I don't think I've ever heard that mentioned in the show. <laughs> yeah, Lannister, but, Lannisport. But Castle Rock, uh, they get there by their ships, but then while they're attacking, the uh, Euron Greyjoy people kit- destroy all their ships so they can't leave. Didn't that happen at the very end? Yep, and so you have the Unsullied trapped now across the continent in right. Highgarden with no way to get back to the Queen easily. Yeah, it must take them forever to get back, basically. So then we go to episode four, The Spoils of War. Now, this one has the return of Arya to Winterfell, which is a big reunion. We're having so many reunions episode after episode of people we haven't been together in a long time. And her fight with uh, Gwendolyn Christie, um, Brianna Tarth, was just amazing. She's like, how the hell is this little girl besting me? Oh, yeah, that little that little sparring thing was spectacular. They're both enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also liked her moment when she's trying to get into those two guards stopper. Yeah. And it was really funny because I didn't catch it the first time, but on the second watch, the guard thinks he's being smart, but he's really a dumbass. So uh, she's like, we'll send for Sir Padre, Sir, for Sir whatever, and or Meister. And he's like, they're not here. And she goes, we'll send for the lady of the house. And they're like, which lady of the house? She goes, <laughs> and he says, you should know you're trying to impersonate her sister. <laughs> so he knows that she th- she says she's Sansa. And therefore, if he gave her that clue, it has to be uh, Arya. She knows it has to be Sansa. Right. <laughs> he's trying to be smart, but really he's a dumbass. And I didn't catch away it the, the first answer. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just so good. Well, if that's the quality of all of Winterfell's guards, then we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, she, that's what she said. She said, you need better guards. <laughs> yeah. But this is the start of something that got so annoying for the rest of the season, to me anyways, uh-huh. which was this weird manufactured... Um, rivalry between Arya and Sansa which I just didn't really get and I've been hearing that in the books it makes more sense they go more to detail how much they really didn't like each other as little as children little children yeah and so if you would feel that more now but now I'm just like they're they're all Starks why are they why are they fighting with each other this is stupid they're together again they should be together right I don't know how do you feel about that whole situation um I I liked the 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 whole they had to catch Littlefinger off guard so were they playing it the whole time or was some of that angst and anger real? So the, there's a theory online actually about this. Uh, and I think it's this episode or the next where they play the game of faces and it gets real creepy. Right. And she, she says all these things that are actually all lies. Yeah, they're all lies. And so I think that, no, she didn't care. She was just happy to be home. I think that it was all a ruse just to put Littlefinger, make Littlefinger think that he had won. Right. And put him off guard. Well, it certainly worked. We'll talk about that later. Right, right. Uh, John takes Daenerys down to the Dragonglass Mines. We get to see a little bit more of the lore behind the Children of the Forest, and there's like cave paintings and etchings of them and the White Walkers. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Uh, and then you get to see the the expanse of the Dragonglass Mine. That's really cool. 
Uh, Daenerys, after seeing this, it confirms to her that this is not just lore, this is real. And she vows that she's going to fight for the North. Uh, but under the condition that John has to bend the knee. And John says, nah. Still says, nah. And uh, this, whole, this whole time, we're kind of wondering, when she has all these forces, how does Cersei even have a chance of winning? And that's where they kind of go into that in this episode, where she partners up with the Iron Bank. I think it's called the Iron Bank, right? Yeah, she has paid back this massive debt that the right. Crown had to the Iron Bank after taking Highgarden, which I think is all silver mines. Right. Uh, so, that like, the second richest kingdom. So by taking them, they took all that and um, paid back the full sum and now have the, the Iron Bank's trust again. Basically. So I guess she can afford to pay mercenaries and that kind of thing. Yeah, so, so she's going to pay the Golden Company, a company of 20,000 mercenaries, to come over from the other side of the sea. And we haven't seen them yet, right? I don't think so. Oh, because that's what, they, so. that's what she said at the last episode. She says Euron wasn't really bailing on them. He's just getting out of there so he can go get the Golden yeah, Company. Yeah, yeah, it was all ruse. That's right. Um, so, uh, then unfortunately, Danny gets some bad news about her fleet being destroyed, her army being stuck and her, one of her best allies in Westeros being suddenly dead and gone all at once. It's not right. great. <laughs> so she goes and kicks some ass. Uh, yeah, she does. Uh, so all of the Lancer caravan, which is exco- ex- escorting this gold and silver that they just took and, and ransacked from Highgarden, uh, is traveling with all these soldiers. And Danny shows up with some dragons and just kills them all. Just kills most of them. Just lays them to waste. Jamie gets to see the true power of these beasts in battle. And He's truly terrified. sees that they're almost unstoppable. I love the comedic scenes with him and Braun before that happens. They're just like joking around and like that's just oh, a yeah, great, yeah, yeah. great interaction. Well, Braun complaining about the, what he's owed. He's yeah. got like a bag of gold and he's like, so where's my castle? <laughs> I still want my castle. Drogon takes a little bit of a hit from one of the ballistas, but it doesn't, it, it, it is a wound, but he is fine. Seemed like it. And the, what do you call it? The, um, Dothraki just like murder them. Oh, the Dothraki break their lines in a second. And once again, show Jamie that they just don't stand a chance. And he's like, your people are very bad at fighting. <laughs> That's one of the Dothraki yeah. says. <laughs> uh, and so at the very end, Jamie has a chance to kill Danny, maybe. He rides over with a horse, is about to throw a spear, and then the dragon almost roasts him. Braun knocks him off into the water at the last minute. Very lucky. It somehow fishes him out the next episode with full armor. But Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, this is the next episode we're, we're on, unless there's anything we missed. I don't think so. All right, all right. Eastwatch. Eastwatch. This episode started with what I thought was the biggest cop-out in the entire show's run. Really? So, Braun and Jamie fall into the water. Mm-hmm. How long do you think they could stay underwater? A minute max. A minute. Let's say, let's say, let's give them three minutes. That <laughs> battle was not over in three minutes. They were not able to get far enough away that the battle would not still be going on in three minutes. <laughs> it was, I expected this episode to start with Jamie and Braun captured. And instead, I feel like they wussed the hell out and chose to do something that just was not believable even in game of thrones i mean for the sake of the story i'm glad they got away and weren't captured because it makes it more interesting for jamie talking to Tyrion and all that stuff later on and they couldn't do that if he was captured true well that's the thing though jamie him capturing jamie could have been Tyrion's ticket to then getting to talk to cersei oh that's true he could have like given you know they still could have worked it. it just felt like such a cop was like how how <laughs> at least show possible. something showing how they got out of there yeah right, right give me an an excuse right a scene that explains it but that just was 
I couldn't do that. In a show where I believe in dragons and ice giants, I couldn't suspend my disbelief for that. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, By the way, speaking of these dragons yeah. and such, uh, the CGI has gotten so much better. If you go back oh, yeah. and watch the first start of the dragons, it looks pretty rudimentary and very when TV they're show. when they're baby yeah yeah and now it looks marvelous like a movie quality uh only thing at the end of that scene uh is the queen now has some of the enemy forces captured pulls out their general who are the two tarleys right uh sam's father and younger brother ricken i think is his name so big guy uh, he's like seven foot tall almost refuse to submit and they get melted by the dragon so tarley has no more family left uh yep uh, Bran scouting ahead with his raven sees the Night King, tells everyone to send out ravens, warn everybody they're coming. And we have um, the scene between Samwell, speaking of Tarly's, back in the Citadel with, uh, what's her name again? The the girl he's with? Gilly. Gilly. And Sam Jr. Gilly's adorable. This high septon Maynard, he recorded everything. He even recorded his own bowel movements. What does annulment mean? It's when a man sets aside his lawful wife. Maynard says here that he issued an annulment for Prince Ragger and remarried him to someone else at the same time in a secret ceremony in Dawn. Is that a common thing in the South? These maesters, they set me to the task of preserving that man's Wind accounting and annulments and bowel movements for all eternity, while the secret to defeating the Night King's probably sitting on some dusty shelf somewhere, completely ignored. Oh, but that's all right, isn't it? We can all become slavering, murderous imbeciles enthralled to evil incarnate, as long as we can have access to the full records of High Septon Maynard's 15,782 shits! Steps. But she's reading over notes, and he's reading about how many times the guy took a shit. Basically, it's like one of the yeah, old yeah, yeah. Like, Meister's notes. And but then, then she, she discovers something amazing. It doesn't even notice it that basically that Rhaegar Targaryen had, you know, got his uh, marriage annulled before he married Lyanna Stark. So they had the child, Jon Snow, who's actually Aegon Targaryen. That's his real name now. The new, he's, like Aegon, Aegon the Fourth or something like and that. And he's the legitimate heir to the throne of Westeros. Right, right, right. So he was never the bastard of Winterfell. He was always the true heir to the throne. I love that aspect. And they just kind of gloss over it quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I like that, actually. I like that if you weren't paying attention, you would have missed that. Yeah, it's a little more fun way to do it. But then we also um, have the Onion Knight going off into the town, and he finds um, our old friend, the the son of Baratheon, the bastard yeah, yeah. son of Baratheon. Um, yeah, God what damn it. What the hell's his name? Gendry. 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 He's been missing for like four or five seasons. Yeah, four seasons, I think. <laughs> And he's got a giant Warhammer, which is badass. That is pretty cool. Which we'll lead to a scene later on, which is cool when the two bastards meet, Tim and Jon Snow, but we'll get to that. Uh, yep. So uh, da, 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 we're back in King's Landing. Um, oh, okay. So this is where we get uh, Tyrion, and uh, Tyrion makes arrangements to see his brother because he knows that he needs to set up this meeting so that if they want to talk a truce. Right. And deal with threat in the North. So Jamie now knows that he didn't kill his son for certain, so that alleviates things a bit. Where Cersei doesn't really believe that. She does eventually. I think she kind of comes to terms with it eventually. Um, and with a meeting with Bronn, is able to meet up with Jaime down in the chamber where all the skulls were. Uh, that's when Davos locates Gendry while they're there. The hilarious scene with him taking Gendry to the boat and the two guards that he tries to fool that he's <laughs> getting these. <laughs> he's chipping, what was it, uh, aphrodisiacs or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, something that, yeah. 
rub a hole in your chainmail, I think was how he described <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that was a really funny scene. So then meanwhile, uh, at Eastwatch, they show everyone sort of arriving. It's the Brotherhood Without Banners along with Sir Davos and Jon Snow and Gendry now is with them, Jor Mormont. Um, and they're tasked with going and capturing a White Walker and bringing it to Cersei so she will believe and and sign up for the truce. And this is when they form the Magnificent Seven with the three men who they have in prison at Eastwatch, which are the Brotherhood Without Banners. We have the Hound. We have What's-His-Face and the other uh, What's-His-Face. Yeah, Thoros of Myrrh. <laughs> and Beric Dondarrion. And Sir Beric Dondarrion. Yeah. Right. And they head out. Like, at the end of that episode, when they, they saw them forming up, and I was like, oh, my God, that's badass. I really love this group. Yeah, that was real good. Very Lord of the Ringsy. That's true. Uh, which brings us to Beyond the Wall, episode six. Um, so it starts out with more Sansa Arya drama, which I know you didn't like. But I think that basically, so at the, uh, one scene we didn't mention that last episode is Arya gets basically presented, overhears them offering Sansa to basically take over rule from Jon. And Arya and Sansa refuses, and I think that sets Arya's mind that she knows her sister's in the right place and wouldn't do that. Right, and that's when they start, that's when she really decides to start playing this game, playing the Game of Thrones. You win or you'll die. <laughs> um, so this one, more drama between the two of them. But the biggest storyline is obviously the Magnificent Seven going out. Yeah, there Magnificent get, Seven, <laughs> which actually is like fourteen people that we didn't see, but they continue to die throughout these scenes. Yeah, like there's a few of them that go down. One to the Ice Bear, I think, gets killed, and a few other ones. And I didn't uh, see them. I didn't see them walking out with them. So I'm like, who are these red shirts? That- only real highlights: <laughs> John Snow offers Jorah Mormont Longclaw because it's his family sword, and Jorah politely declines. He gave it to you. For a reason. Uh, they they finally spot a white walking with some undead, and they decide they're going to ambush it, and they ambush it and kill the white, and all but one of the walkers dies. Mm-hmm. And that's when they sort of reveal that whoever turned them, if they're killed, they drop. Right. Leading us to believe that if they could kill the Night King, then it would all end. If only. Yes. So then uh, they suddenly hear the rattlings of a whole army coming at them. Yeah, the, and the mist rolls in. Uh, they send Gendry to off to tell them to, to send for help, basically, or to warn Eastwatch. And the group grabs the one white they've captured, and they run, and they run to what ends up being a lake. And they run to this island in the middle of the lake, and as the dead army collapses in on them, their weight crushes the ice, and the dead army can't get to them for, for a period of time. Until the ice refreezes. And people on Reddit have suggested that that period of time would have taken four days. So they think that uh, they were there waiting for four days for the help to get to them. And that's why that's that possible. one guy died of uh, um, exp- exposure, basically, because he was already wounded. Thoros and Myrrh. Yeah. yeah. So the Gendry gets back with the message. Uh, they send it to the queen who decides that she's going to go rescue them. Daenerys. Daenerys uh, with her dragons. Uh, they They wake up. It's like... In theory, the next morning or maybe morning four days later, depending. Um, And they start. This was sort of one of the cheesiest, most play with the audience scenes I felt, which was, um, you know, it's the morning of they reveal that Thoros is dead. He didn't wake up. And they start cutting between all the characters to just show you who's left. And I was like, man, I wonder who's going to bite it. It was like Jon Snow and then Tormund and then unnamed Spearman. (laughs) Yeah, but we didn't see his entire time. I was like. Oh, unnamed Spearman's going to go. <laughs> of course he <laughs> but I, is. But I felt like it really broke the tension of, man, one of these major characters could really die here. 
Well, they really were pushing that Tormund was going to die because they were giving him so much backstory and screen time. And That's then he, true. He didn't die. But if you watch carefully too, all the unnamed guys that get killed, they all look very similar. Like it could have been the same actor because they barely show them at all. <laughs> so yeah, I think true. they were the same actors. Uh, so the hound is being a jackass and throwing rocks at the White Walkers. And one of them bounces and the White Walkers realize the ice is frozen and they can now yep. walk across it. Good job. Starting, hound. starting the big final fight of this, this episode. Which was great. With just a lot of crazy kills and you know, the hound is using Gendry's giant hammer and crushing skulls and stuff and crushing the ice. Uh, Danny shows up with the dragons. They start laying waste to the White Walkers and, and their minions. Um, and the Night King sees his opportunity and winds up and shoots and takes down one of the dragons. With a big ice spike. Giant ice spike. Uh, and Viserion, I think, is the one that goes down. Yeah. The one that's named after her brother, I think, right? Yep. Her terrible brother. Uh, Viserion goes down. Uh, they barely escape. Jon Snow ends up sinking into the water. Because he took forever to get on the damn dragon. Took forever. Again. And then the dragon, obviously, they're trying to show that it wasn't used to carrying that much weight. Right. Uh, barely gets off. The Ice King almost gets off another shot. Uh, they make it away. Jon Snow is left presumably for dead, but then he pulls himself out of the ice, gets away. Because who uh, saves him? Uh, Uncle Benjen, who we <laughs> saw in season one, again last season, and now this season. Benjen X Machina. <laughs> uh, shows times. up, puts him on his horse, and sends him on his way, and then dies fighting. So we think. I mean, it looked like he died pretty bad. He died. He died. <laughs> uh, Jon Snow gets away, makes it back. Daenerys is so relieved to see that he's alive. She's waiting in the wall for him. She's like, no, he'll come. He'll come. And then he does. And then he uh, gets and, on a boat and stares at her. Oh, yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, and the, Oh, no, the end of the episode, you're forgetting, is that with the chains. Oh, yes, of course. So they cut back to north of the wall. The Night King has his minions pulling these two massive chains, which you then realize are hooked up to the dragon that has fallen into the water. Night King comes up, touches it. Bam, eye opens. It is blue like all the other White Walkers, and it is clear that the Night King now has his own dragon. Yeah, with blue fire. Blue fire. Which we find out in the final episode of the season, which is called The Dragon and the Wolf. Uh, yeah, so this, this finale I thought was good. Maybe not the best one in the whole series, but still good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shit going on in this episode. So Daenerys basically takes her entire army to just be intimidating to um well not cast king's, king's landing um and then she swoops in and flies in dramatically to make an make entrance a big, make a big show but not before you're on gray joy hot topic pirate makes a big scene and fuss over theon and uh then, then theon and Tyrion are able to have like a little moment and Jon snow like you know defends him surprisingly yeah and we get a nice little moment when they're all meeting together between uh like the hound and his brother Wow, well, yeah, that was great. He's like, I know you, you maybe look like you're dead, but you're not dead yet. That's my job or something like that. He's going to kill him later. Uh, then it ends up that Cersei, despite, so they do a demonstration where they show her the White Walker. She freaks out. She agrees to the truce and then basically reveals that she's pulling out. Right. It's all, these are all machinations she's doing on purpose, I feel. Uh, but the reason she pulls out, she, she wants Jon Snow to agree that, she will, that he will not side with Danny. And he's like, I already have. Sorry. And the problem is he can't lie. He has. He already has. So he can't do it. So the queen says she she won't do it. Tyrion sets up a meeting with her. They talk. She agrees to do it and then, then doesn't do it anyway, 
even after the second turn that she's going to do it. Right. Uh, but then also reveals that when, because you're, it's actually a funny scene because you're on sees the undead guy. He's like, I've been all over the world. I've seen lots and lots of shit. And I've never and seen, I've anything, never like seen that. anything like that. I'm going to find an island and I'm going to go there because they can't swim. See ya. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was so funny. Uh, but then the reveal later that he's actually going to get the golden company, the right. mercenaries uh, that Cersei has arranged for through the golden bay. And, and, but it was a big show to put them off. Right. Which is impressive. That's a lot of the conniving going on. Oh, yeah. Time. It's a lot. But it was great just having all these characters in one place at one time. That's never happened yeah. before in the whole show. So it was very cool to watch. So they also, this is when Cersei notices that one of the dragons is missing as well. Right. She's like, you see one's gone. That means they're, they can be killed. And he's yeah. like, well, maybe it's just somewhere else. And she's like, I don't think so. So they're back on Dragonstone. Everyone comes back. Uh, Theon talks to John. There's a little bit of drama there, but John ultimately kind of acquits him of his guilt. Theon gets like a fresh start almost. And he gets courage and goes to his uh, other Greyjoys and says, we're going to go get my sister back. And they beat the crap out of him, but then the guy tries to kick him in the balls and he doesn't have any, and then he beats the crap out of the guy. <laughs> that's a good scene. I liked it. Yeah, he gets his balls back. I li- like that's what I thought of in my head. It's By like, getting oh, kicked Theon, in them. <laughs> Theon gets his balls back scene. And back in Winterfell, we have the the conclusion of the Arya Sansa drama with uh, Littlefinger, which I was so happy it concluded this way. Yeah, so Littlefinger thinks that they're bringing Arya in so that Sansa can basically throw her under the bus for murder, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and get her out. And therefore, it's one more person that Littlefinger has separated Sansa from. And he thinks he's doing such a good job. And then right at the last minute, they turn on him. And the accusations are really against him for murder uh, of her Aunt Liza. And the only witness is the queen. Uh, so you know how the judgment goes. <laughs> you stand accused of murder. You stand accused of treason. How do you answer these charges? Lord Baelish. My sister asked you a question. Lady Sansa, forgive me. I'm a bit confused. Which charges confuse you? I love his first reaction is, I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> Did not see it coming uh, at all. And the, yeah, Littlefinger the whole time pleading and trying every angle he can think of. Oh, if I can only speak to you alone. Oh, guards, get me out of here. And then, you know, the guards of the veil turn on him. Right, because he killed their lady. He did. Even though she's and a plus the, the the main guy has hated him the whole time anyway. That's this true. Like the Purgar too for him to turn on him. Uh, and then Sansa passes the sentence. Arya swings the sword, so to speak. Right. The Stark tradition uh, kind of thing. Right, right. I, I like that they kind of honored that. And then that's it. That's the end of Littlefinger. One of my favorite characters in the whole show. And I felt so. I feel like every season there's been some high profile deaths uh, and big kind of. And I felt like this season really lacked in that. And this was sort of the one death they could give us that would satiate a little bit of it. Right. I think it did pretty well. Because no other, they, they really copped out about other major characters dying. Yeah, that was it. And Lady Tyrell. Yeah, Lady Tyrell, uh, Sir Thoros and Myr, and the, the dragon and Littlefinger. So only like four big deaths really this season. The Tarleys you could argue, but I'm not going to count them. Minor characters, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was enough. Oh, yeah. So then we have the big scene of the... Blue boat fire sex. dragon. Oh, boat oh. sex. I boat say. sex. <laughs> the internet sensation that is boat sex. Yeah, I I don't feel the chemistry everyone's seeing between Daenerys and Jon Snow. Just I don't feel it. it. Maybe the acting or something, but I don't think they have that much passion for each other. But they're manufacturing it like they do. So I'm like, okay, I'll go along with it. But it seemed like yeah. very unpassionate sex. Like I wasn't very interested in watching it. 
but I don't know. They've both like John, the guy who plays John Snow, I feels like a little bit stiff in general, Kit Harrington. Right. So I just feel like maybe he maybe he didn't know how to play it. He's well, never he hasn't, it, he hasn't had to be sexy since season two with your grit. Well, that's why Agreet or whatever was so good for him because she was so wild and crazy. And so like going against him is so stiff. I think that worked really well. Right. right. And if you think of the man who raised him, I can't even say his father anymore. It's not Ed Stark as the father. He may have been your father, boy, but he wasn't your daddy. Uh, The man who raised him. Think, you know, that's Edward, very Edward Stark. Right. And the fact that the guy playing Jon Snow dated that woman in real life at the time. So they had a real passion for each other, whereas this one just feels very stiff and cold and i don't know uh but yeah so Tyrion gets to see john go in he assumes they're sleeping together Tyrion's in the hallway there's a lot of speculation of whether he was going to go try to hit on danny or if he disapproves or there's a lot of speculation on what his yeah because he made like a little face that was weird uh so then the big capper to the episode what you just broke into they're at the east watch tormund and barrett on darian are patrolling the wall and then all of a sudden the army of the dead shows up with and with a dragon ridden by the Night King, the dragon decimates the wall in a matter of minutes. Uh, Tormund and Beric are still alive, but they're up on top of the wall. They're going to have no other way to get down, so the only way they'll, they have to now walk to uh, the Night Watch's main post. On the wall, like just walk on the top of the wall. They have to walk on top of the wall to get there because they have no other way down now that, that, now that East Watch is destroyed. Right. That's how they're going to show up in next season is they're going to show up like at the wall just cold and haggard and with a message of warning and then we have a a cap off the episode with bran being like by the way i have very important information Jon snow is actually aegon targaryen (laughs) yeah him and him and sam compare notes and put giant plot points together yeah scooby doo like mystery (laughs) it was me all along kids (laughs) yeah that's where the whole like he was never the bastard of winterfell he was always the true heir that's just like throws that in our face and end of the episode uh, yeah, so that's great. That's that's all of season seven we really just covered. Uh, I would like to cover some of the crazy fan theories. Oh, of course. That have come up and some of my own theories. Go for it. So I think that uh, in season eight that Cersei is going to make an alliance with the Night King <laughs> because he is the only person that has proven that, that, that he can take down one of the dragons. She's going to use the baby in her belly, which I do believe is real to seal the deal with the Night King, and that'll be the Night Prince or some shit, and Jamie will have to kill her to stop uh, this terrible thing from happening. But they have had lines a few times saying, uh, this is someone you cannot negotiate with, you cannot make a treaty with, you cannot um, out- ally with. They want to end life itself. So, like, they've said that directly in the episode, so unless they're just wrong... I don't know, I don't- but we've also seen the Night King is more than just a zombie. He's not just a zombie, he's intelligent, but he can't, he hasn't said a word. I don't even know if he can talk. Right, but think about also this, to Cersei, that seemed, that would seem like really appealing, because it's not a world of subjects, it's a wor- world of workers. Well, For her, I, that's got to sound great. No enemies, only your subjects. Like, only the people you control. I would love to see her approach him somehow, like, she gets to be in a room with him in any way, I don't know how that would happen, but be right. like... I wish to talk to you about a possible deal we can make with each other to conquer the world as one. And he's like stabs her immediately. <laughs> like even, didn't give a second thought. That'd be a great scene. Well, we know that other crazy fan theory that Bran is the Night King. I, I did read that. I've got that on my list. That Bran's the Night King. And then he went back and tried to meddle in time and that he's really responsible for the reason that the Mad King heard voices. Right. Uh, That's how he became mad in the first place. 
And he ends up jumping into the body of that first man who became the first White Walker and can't get out and then becomes the Night King. Or like they that he goes back too long. They said, if you go back too long, you'll be stuck there. So it's like he goes back, but actually becomes physical in that time period and actually just is Bran as an adult. Um, huh. But it's that's what people have been postulating. But I don't know. I think it's just a lot of for the TV show, especially it's a lot of um, emphasis on a character that no one's really cared about that much. And like everything's based off brand, everything's important about brand. And people are like, why do we care? You know, so yeah, it might be happen, but I don't know if I believe it. And then my favorite thing that has come out of this has been the like, who is the who is Azor Ahai, the prince that was promised. Right. And like most leading is that it's either Jon Snow or Daenerys. But there have been some other possibilities that have come out of this that have been real convincing. And the two that I like that my, my front runners as far as outside the main two is uh, Sir Davos Seaworth. The Onion Knight. The Onion Knight. Uh, and there's a couple of very compelling reasons, one of which is in the prophecy it says, like, uh, reborn of salt uh, start, uh, salt and smoke under the, the blood red sky, meaning that that red comet that was coming over. Uh, and that could be the Battle of the Blackwater where he was blown up by dragon fire and then spent, like, three days in, in a cave getting hit by salt water hmm. while he recovered. Uh, there is something about a warrior will pick up the the sword, the sword of the morning, the like glowing the the magic sword that supposedly Stannis had. And there's a scene in season two where Stannis goes and takes out the sword and it's on fire, and then it ends with him putting it in the sand and walking away from it. And Sir Davos picks it up for him and carries it inside for him. Does he? <laughs> yeah, it's the little things like that that he that maybe he is really Azura High is the is the chosen one. Hmm. And the other one, and the one I like even more now and changes my other theory, is Jamie Lannister. Oh, okay. I have a third one I'll say it a little bit, but explain why Jamie Lannister. So Jamie Lannister, there's a whole bunch of stuff about the, the golden sword of the morning and how it could possibly in, in old Volantis really be his golden hand. There's a lot of that kind of stuff. But really from a a plot arc point of view, um so the name of the book series is what Song of Fire and Ice. Song of Ice and Fire, yeah. Ice and Fire. Sorry, Song of Ice and Fire. Um, not Game of Thrones. And a lot of people are taking that and thinking that um, the first... So Jamie is the, the rewriter of his own story, Reborn, uh, because he saved the kingdom once from fire by killing a king. And right. now he will redeem himself by ki- killing a second king and saving the kingdom from ice. That's pretty cool. And that, that, that story arc parallel would really work really nicely. Now, the, the third one that I like a lot, which I don't think there's as much grounds for, but it's fun, is that it's the Hound. Because okay. born from fire, like when he was a child, he got burnt in the fire. I forgot yeah. all the reasons they put all the different prophecy points, but there, he does match up with a lot of them. Um, and now he's getting this, all this prophecy stuff. He's now being able to see visions in the fire and stuff like that. So he's, you know, it's he's more mystical than he was before. So, yeah, it's just like it's another fun possibility. But see him being one of the three heads of the dragon or whatever, like he's riding a dragon later on. That'd be pretty badass. True. But you never know. Maybe we'll never find out who Azora High really is. And that just prophecies have no meaning. Maybe they'll find that out. That's true. They could. It could go that way. But yeah, I, I'm just excited for all the crazy stuff that absolutely could happen this next season. And we're <laughs> going to see a lot of deaths. The fact that we saw so few this season means that we are going to see plenty next season. They're going to ravage us with it. They, every other episode, we're going to lose two to three people we care about. I kid you not, it's going to happen. Yeah, and then they'll be happy, finally. Oh, yeah. But so f- I'm, This makes me excited for the, the eighth and final season. They say we may have to wait two years for it, which bums me the fuck out. It's about a year uh, and a half, yeah. Oh, it's going to kill me, but I'll just keep rewatching it over and over again. All the same. 
Yeah, I, I'm excited to rewatch the whole series before the next one comes out. I highly I recommend have time, it. I have time for sure. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I also, I recommend the books. Yeah, I eventually want to get to those. Uh, you can watch the first season and pick up at the second book and you're okay. That's <laughs> basically the same thing. They did, they stuck so close to the source material, it really makes no difference. That's great. Yeah, so that's, I think, our review of Season 7 of Game of Thrones. Spoiler-filled, I hope. I hope you agree with us. If you disagree, let us know. Facebook us, write us an email, whatever you think. You have a crackpot theory, we want to hear about it. What are your favorite characters? What are your least favorite things about the show? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure would there be more boobs, um, penises. Always, always. Yeah. <laughs> All of the above. Check. All right, this week I'm going to bring back a, a favorite from my last few weeks, a uh, game Would You Rather, where I've got some interesting proposition for Jarman. He's got to tell me which one he would rather pursue. Are you ready to play Would You Rather? Yes, and you have to answer them too, because we got to get your perspective. Of course, things. I always do. <laughs> All right. Would you rather brush your teeth with some stranger's toothbrush or bathe in a stranger's leftover bathwater? Oh, my God. I knew. I picked some of these just for you. I hate you. Um. Strangers, like a complete stranger. A complete I, stranger. You don't know who this person is. I guess the. Bath- I'll tell you, it's not. It's not an overly gross person. That's not <laughs> the point of this exercise. I would go with bathwater because there's less chance of me getting a like disease that's transmitted via blood because you can easily cut your gums with your toothbrush. Whereas yeah. in the bathtub, it's disgusting, but I can go wash myself off later and not get a disease. That's true. I <laughs> see. I'm going to go with toothbrush because it's a smaller area to try to contaminate afterwards. I guess your so. body, if you got a scraper or a cut or something, you pick up something from the water, that's a lot harder to cover than your mouth, which afterwards you know you can disinfect the crap out of just your mouth. Oof. They're both terrible. <laughs> they're both terrible. That's my that's my difference. All right. Would you rather be an ultimate debater and win every argument you get in, or be an ultimate fighter and win every physical altercation you get in? Uh every uh, ultimate debater. I said ultimate debater too. Absolutely. Physical fights don't come up that much in our lovely first world privileged life that we lead. Yeah. So um, (laughs) if I lived in like some rough place, I'd probably say the other option, but I'm fortunate enough I don't have to do that. Would you rather be, be, and I mean you actively are, this is your life, would you rather be a stereotypical hippie or a stereotypical hipster? And Uh, I mean stereotypical. I have to go with hipster just because of my cleanliness and OCD. I got to go with hippie. Hippies are dirty. (laughs) Yep, that's right. That's why I'd have to go with it. Yep, I figure you do that. All right, this next one, I saw one and then then made one of my own making. So I hope you enjoy it. Oh, boy. Would you rather have the body of R2-D2, but talk like Jar Jar Binks? Oh, God. Or have the body of Jar Jar Binks, but when you talk, you just have a series of beeps like (laughs) R2-D2? Uh... I think I'd want to go body of R2-D2, speech of Jar Jar Binks, just so I can communicate <laughs> with, with people who aren't robots. <laughs> yeah, that's what I went with, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's just right. terrible. Would you rather be infamous and remembered for all time or nice and forgotten after a generation or two? Second one, nice generation or yeah, two. Yeah, that's how most people go. That's fine with me. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be reviled for history. I'm not that much of a Slytherin. That's true. <laughs> All right, and I think that leads us into some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. 
Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn it. Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for A Play on Nerds. So uh, I picked out one this week called uh, Ghost House, just because I wanted to piss off Steve. Um, so it looks like it's a lower-budget uh, you know, indie horror film uh, with no really recognizable actors or actresses. Uh, it takes place in Thailand. If you haven't guessed, there's a pretty slow week for trailers. That's why we're doing this. Yeah, we, we, we're, really, we're really separating the wheat from the chaff here, people. <laughs> really scraping the bottom of that barrel. We really um, just... <laughs> <laughs> so apparently this uh rich white couple goes to thailand and some english dudes say oh you want to see something really neat we'll take you out we there got to the shrine or something right so they go out this uh ghost house graveyard so basically these little you make these little shrines to your loved ones and they die and when people get rid of them after they forget these people they they don't want to destroy them or throw them away because that's bad juju so they put them in this ghost house shrine graveyard and right. He says, you should take a memento from here. And so the woman takes a memento. And as soon as she does, the guys run that took her there. And she gets cursed by this Thai, thai lady who burnt to death a long time ago. And starts yeah, yeah, or something around. or something or something. This vacation's going to be so amazing. I love you. I love you, too. Welcome to Thailand. <laughs> Julia Marie Richardson. Will you be my wife? Yes, yes! You two should be toasted. Besides, we've been around a while. I'm sure we can help. We would love to. I know somewhere where the four of us can go where it will blow your mind. This is incredible. Where is this place? It's Ghost House Graveyard. The townies are too scared to destroy him. <laughs> so all the ghost houses end up here. I'm gonna have a look here. You should take it. Long time ago, there was a woman. She burned. She died. Not a good death. Not a happy ghost. In Thai, we call her Watambe. If you disturb the ghost house, she will come for you. A lot of contortionism. A lot of uh, typical stuff you'd see in horror movies. Uh, with like little children with black eyes and so black. one thing I, I found interesting about this trailer is that I found that there's this weird thing happening now there's another movie that I watched a trailer for while looking for trailers called The Temple that is this almost exact sequence <laughs> which is white people go to Asia bad things happen <laughs> and I'm not kidding if you watch the trailer for The Temple it's it's almost the same as it's almost the same story and has almost the same visuals They're instead of going to this house graveyard, they're going to this temple that was desecrated and they take something and then a spirit haunts it. Like it's the exact same thing. Huh? White people go to Asia. Bad things happen. Well, if these movies come out at the same time, it'll have to be a copycat cinema. Oh God. Can we not? <laughs> can we? Yes. Uh, Please. 
would be amazing. Uh, all right. Uh, so per our new rating system, our new revised rating oh, right. system, what do you give this? But I did put this movie that uh, I think it, it, it looks like a lot of typical horror tropes, but at the same time, it also has it's the, the unique idea of it being in Thailand that being different. But like you're saying, apparently they're doing a lot of those now, but I, I hadn't it seen just one seems like, like a yet. weird theme that's coming up. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat that they're doing that. But eh. OK, so what's right. your new uh, rating? So uh, for me, I'll do a we'll see because I want to see if the ratings are good. People like it. If they think it's scary, if it's not just a piece of crap. But I yeah, I'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to give this one a don't waste the match. Not only is it a ghost film, which I just don't go to see, but it doesn't look particularly well done Yeah. on top of that to add to that. So that just makes me want to double not see it and therefore just make sure I wouldn't even waste the match. Understandable. So our next trailer uh, this week is kill Gunter killing Gunther killing killing Gunter Gunther. So so Gunther Gunther (laughs) Gunther Gunther Gunther. Uh, so it's a docudrama style com- comedy about this top assa- t- assassin Gunter, who is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's kind of a, a it almost seems celebrity status, kind of a little bit. Yeah, he's like a super famous assassin. And everybody, everyone who wants to be a top assassin has to kill him to become the top assassin. And it's about this guy, rich guy putting together a team to kill Gunter. Uh, played by Taron Killam, the guy from Saturday Night Live. Bobby uh, Moynihan from SNL is in there, too. And Taron Killam apparently made this film, too. Like He wrote it and directed yeah. it. Gunther may be the most feared hitman working in the industry today. If you want to be king, you have to kill the king. Everyone knows who he is. Gunther. Gunther. Gunther's- Where is Gunther? I'm right here. <laughs> Guess who? He's the greatest hitman ever. Bullseye. I will be the guy who killed Gunther. I put together an unstoppable team. Just erase that. I'm Donald Piznowski. We're Boom Boom. I'm trying to get that started. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> My name is Sanat Perusa. My first professional kill was at the age of eight. Did you see that jump? That's my little gun! It is, is that I crush things. And then there's our secret weapon. The freaking Bellicola Cova Twins! You love it here. I need to find a window. When I found out that there were a bunch of assassins trying to kill me, I got pissed off. Been a bit of a rocky start. I want to kill him even more now. Let's go. We're in way over our heads. FBI? I would like to report the hitman. You ratted me out to the FBI? Yes. I am going to kill him. <laughs> well, you're going to try to kill him again. Yeah. going to get terminated. That I can tell you. Go ahead. Kill me. Our Schwarzenegger is Gunter and a lot of other faces you'll recognize all over the place. Yep. Guest appearances and smaller parts. Uh, it looks funny enough. It looks like from a group of people I like, and it's in a style I like. I like the kind of duck you, right? Mockumentary comedy. Also, I like that Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing someone his age, and he's playing an uh, Austrian. I'm yeah, like, true. That's he great. doesn't have to hide it. Yeah, I'm Gunther. That's my accent. I don't care. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, so I'm going to give this one uh, our new rating. Give it a buck. Where I'm not going to go see this in theaters, but if it's part of a subscription I already have, or if I can get a cheap 99 cent rental through iTunes, I'll check it out. Yeah, same here. I give it a buck or 
and our old system, this would have been like a drunk watch for me as we transitioned. The old system this. is gone, Jarman. But that's basically we need to be. move forward. I'd rent it for a night of just you know taking it easy. This will probably be pretty funny, and I love. I've seen like every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie ever made, so I can't, yeah, true. I can't you stop have to add now. to it exactly. So yeah, uh, but yeah, like I think trailers. I think that's uh, that second one is pretty good. I'm excited. And we hope you like our new trailer reviews uh, system. That's right. Our ratings. And now we move into our new new short segment at the end. Radical recommends. Yeah. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. Uh, So I've got two Radical Recommends this week. Uh, One of them is linked to you. I recently, just this week, finished Ready Player One. Oh, beautiful. The book. book. Yeah. How'd you like it? Uh, I I enjoyed it. I felt that the ending was a little dissatisfying, but it really left itself open for a nice sequel or sequels. Right. It's kind of like it kind of went where you thought it was going to go. But without, it did. Without it went exactly the way I thought it would. I, there was one point at the end that I thought was sort of left up in the air that I was surprised they kind of threw in. But otherwise, I I, re- I enjoyed it. I really did. I recommend it. Yeah, I'm just hoping the movie doesn't like just make it bland. It makes and stays specific like it was in the book. Like all these references and I just I, it's ah, so much nostalgia in that book. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the other one is a new show that's sort of anonized, new guilty pleasure to watch in, on Hulu and um, NBC. Maybe it's called The Wall. Oh, the the uh, game show. It's like yeah, it's like Plinko. Yeah, with, with, with uh, Chris Hardwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just I enjoy watching that so much. I enjoy people watching people think they have a chance and really think they're doing well, and not realizing that statistically they're just fucked. <laughs> it's basically a carnival game on live television now. Because yeah, the idea is that they're like, well, the idea is to get more balls dropped that you make money than less, and then you're going to average out higher, and that would work except for. Later in the game, when you get less drops, is when they add the bigger numbers, the millions. So therefore, statistically, is not skewed towards you. It is skewed towards you losing mass amounts of money because that money is higher in the late game. <laughs> but all these people think they have a chance, and it's brilliant to watch them just lose stuff. And don't isn't that the point of the games? They also like build up the story of the people, the contestants, and talk about their lives and that kind of thing. Each one of them is like a hard luck case of some sort, right? Right. Or a good person who did something great or saved somebody, and so they deserve their chance. I heard Chris Harwick talking about it in a podcast uh, just about what it's all about and why he likes it because he does all those personal interest stories. But <laughs> that's so. Weird. And Ann and I have specifically discussed our strategy if we've if we ever went on. Like we figured it out. We've watched people screw up enough that we know. <laughs> well, you got to manufacture your hard luck story. That's true. <laughs> I lost a leg. Shave your head and say you have cancer. <laughs> that's that's terrible. You're I know. an awful person. You're terrible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are my radical recommends this week. Ready Player One, read it. The Wall, check it out. Absolutely. Jeremy, what's your radical recommend this week? Well, uh, I've heard rave reviews about the um, not re not uh. What do you call it? It's a relaunch of sorts of Twin Peaks, the TV show. Um, I know my wife is very excited for it. Right. I had watched Twin Peaks a long time ago um, off recommendations of people. And it's I'm rewatching it now before I watch the new show because so much goes on in that show. You kind of have to do that. Um, And it's so funny and weird and creepy and strange. But there are laugh out loud moments where I'm just like laughing at like it's so ridiculous and strange. Right. (laughs) So it's so over the top. Yeah. And it's like basically they take like a soap opera acting. And they stick it in this really dark, weird murder story. And then lots of weird paranormal elements come in. You're not sure what's real and what's not. But throughout it all, there's this earnest acting from Kyle MacLachlan, who's just so he's just goody two shoes FBI guy. And he's so he's so he holds the whole thing together. It's so funny. I, I, I don't care for the show, but I admit that he is one of the best sort of straight men. He's so charming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the best sort of straight laced man to play such an oddball situation off of. 
Exactly. That's the, only reason it, that's the only reason it works. Absolutely. If they didn't have him in the center of it, I think it would all kind of be too weird and kind of fall apart. But yeah, so I recommend Twin Peaks. If you haven't watched it, uh, give it a shot. Try to watch past a few episodes. Give it at least the, the three episode try because uh, it's really strange and funny and you'll be glad you watched it. And I haven't seen the new series yet, but I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah. We have no thank yous this week, so the hell with all of you. <laughs> yeah, please email us in, and we can make a new segment out of your emails, things you want to talk about, things you want to... Or put, send us the Facebooks and stuff, whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. However you want to contact us, just do it. If you want to we'll leave phone calls, we'll figure that out. We'll make that we'll figure. No, don't. Let's not do that. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, as always, we will keep being your nerdy co-hosts if you keep being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. <laughs>